I'm Jason. And I'm Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu, and this is our latest episode where we look at some of the most recent news stories from the world of film and television. In today's show, the Star Wars universe is not done with Rey. Robocop and Stargate are making a return thanks to Amazon. The Harry Potter TV series is official and HBO Max has a new name. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media, where we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. So, Luke, how about you kick things off? What is our first movie topic? Daisy Ridley will officially return as Rey in an all-new Star Wars movie set 15 years after the events of Rise of Skywalker. The story will follow Rey as she creates a new Jedi Academy. I mean, I'm genuinely surprised. (laughs) Mate, I... Did not see this coming at all. And and we've got a bit more news as well that came out of Star Wars Celebration. This is the one. A lot of the news was this animated series is going to get another season. This thing is coming back. But this was the news. I'm like, oh, really? (laughs) I thought they were strategically moving away from the, the sequel trilogy and not to i mean i'm assuming people are watching the mandalorian the third season they're not shying away from the sequel trilogy either and then this announcement daisy ridley coming back wow huge news yeah look, look big surprises but i mean i guess like what we're kind of gauging is sort of particularly you know, fan bases or a, a segregation of the fan base online very vocal kind of thing i mean box office numbers don't don't lie um but we we do see chatter on message boards on you know facebook social media all that kind of stuff backlash on the on the sequels and hey you might even have your own opinion be like you know like yeah the sequel trilogy is crap or there was no plan or you know it was fine take it what it is whatever you can't deny the fact that, and if you look at like videos of especially like kids, young girls interacting at like something like Disneyland, Galaxy's Edge, the Ray character, having that female lead, her character has more of an impact or would have had more of an impact than, you know, you and I sitting here as as 30-something-year-old, you know, men. So, I mean, look, there, there's value in the character. As long as they do something good with her and actually have an interesting story a well-written story and actually de- continue to develop her character into something substantial that and then you, you know make a good movie around that that's perfectly fine like why not there's no need for retconning or anything wild so but it's just interesting that they are taking the next step but if you peel the layers back you're like okay i can see it makes i can see why it makes business sense. What you were just saying there, you know, good character, story. For me, just have it be consistent because behind the scenes, we know they chopped and changed who she was going to be. Like at different points, she was going to be someone else. She was going to be related to I need someone a plan. else. I need yes. A plan. So have a plan, stick to your plan. Now, I've never had an issue with the character of Ray. I like Daisy Ridley. My shock is just that it's happening. I'm not upset 
that is happening. And I think oh, yeah, it's yeah, good yeah. having somebody who has been established, and as you say, established across three films that made a shitload of money. Everything else is still going to happen. You're still going to get, you know, Disney Plus content. You're going to get things on the big screen. But th- yeah, again, for me, this was the biggest news to come out of Star Wars Celebration. That's it. And it's a fair point. That's like, just because they're doing this doesn't mean they're not doing something else. A ray of hope. I saw that online. I like that. A ray <laughs> of hope. Ray. I mean, some people are going to hate that she's back, but potentially a ray of hope. Uh, but yes, more Star Wars. Um, James Mangold will direct a new Star Wars movie that follows the origin of the first Jedi. So like, Jedi origins? Ancient Jedi? This is pretty wild. I mean, he's going to be busy because apparently he is connected to a Swamp Thing movie as well. So we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I guess this would have to come first but where does it fit and are we to assume star wars movie means theatrical not on the small screen because we're also getting from dave filoni who started with the animated star wars series clone wars rebels well he's now like mr star wars alongside john favreau (laughs) doing all the live action disney plus content well Filoni will direct a cinematic event that brings together the Mandalorian, Ahsoka, and stories from the TV universe. So that, to me, sounds like a TV movie event, not necessarily theatrical. Yeah, I'd imagine still, so yeah, movie event, still on Disney+, Plus, still counts as a movie. I mean, the closest example of this would be, you know, the Defenders or the Netflix Marvel characters coming together or... But they weren't films, though. They weren't films. I mean, they were a TV event where this is. I mean, I guess, then again, they're saying a cinematic event. So does that just mean like a big (laughs) TV crossover that's going to have a big scale? For the most part, these shows are pretty cinematic in themselves anyway. So I mean, that's true. And look, Dave Filoni obviously has a, a, a very big fan base in terms of, you know, Star Wars fans, those who have liked what he's done with the, the animated series and all that. And we probably will talk a bit more about him and his animated world of stuff and, and all that a little bit later when we talk TV news. But, um, you know, I guess, yeah, we'll save it for me when we get to that. I've got some thoughts. But, but that's, that's good. So, yeah, Star Wars, it's all, there's, there's all happening. And, again, there's more news to come as well when we're talking TV. Um, but, look, we got, we moved over to the Marvel side of things. We got a... We got the first teaser trailer for Marvel Studios, the Marvels. Captain Marvel's powers become entangled with Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan um, and astronaut Monica Rambo. I'm gonna say this trailer looked kind of fun. You know, it looked kind of you know silly in bits, but you know what? In line with the tone of uh, you know, the Miss Marvel TV show, um, you know, Monica Rambo is looking pretty serious and stern, even amongst all the goofiness. But all importantly, you know, Captain Marvel herself, Brie Larson, it looks like they're going to be putting her in situations where she can kind of be a little bit more goofy and I guess less stern. Because when she shined in the, in that first Captain Marvel movie, it was when she was having a little bit more fun 
you know, like, and I'm going to sound like the biggest douche, but it's like, you know, when she was smiling and just not being so Don't be that guy. No, I'm not. <laughs> you sound but, like the internet. <laughs> no, I know, but no, but the people, the bad people on the internet, they would be like, there was none of that with her, where it's like, no, 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 there was. When it was yeah, I liked, and, um, and, and I liked movie, that first like, movie. I liked that first movie. Where, where she was more you know, fun and stuff. I was yeah. like, I'm enjoying this character more. And this movie looks like it's really going to embrace that, which I'm excited about because it's like, It looks fun, but my thing Brie is like... is funny. She's a funny. I know, but funny the, the tone of this film, it's like... It's not Captain Marvel 2. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it feels more like a Guardians of the Galaxy film. It's like if characters go into space... They become wacky. It's James like... Gunn has set the tone with that first <laughs> Guardians movie. Thor goes deep into space and we get Ragnarok. And then Love and Thunder obviously took it to a whole other level. Point out, it's, it's... But Captain, I mean, Captain Marvel, she was, she's been in space for years. Yeah, she but that first film, crazy. Even though we've just seen a teaser, that's all we're going to be basing it on. Yeah. It does feel silly and more fun. But then they are bringing in Miss Marvel, like, and she yeah. and you that know, tone from that show, her yeah, family, and that, that dynamic worked, and that family's in this movie. And honestly, if you're somebody that is just watching the Marvel films, you kind of need to watch the TV show because, yeah, especially that- when you see in this trailer, you'd be like, "Who is this family? Like, what?" <laughs> who are they and it's like well like, who's that astronaut why is nick fury in that's the thing with the marvel films have gotten so deep into themselves that it used to be hey look even you know even if you hadn't watched everything you might not pick up on some nuances and stuff of what you're seeing in, in an individual film but for the most part any film can kind of be an entry point that you're like hey look i can follow this story i know these characters any sort of backstory is addressed within this. There's nothing this one, you know. It all changed with like Division. Doctor Strange. Yep. Yeah, and no, Doctor like, Strange, but on TV, yeah. like WandaVision was the first thing that it wasn't another season of Daredevil on Netflix or a season of Jessica Jones. This was like, no, 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 this is, and, an, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, this is proper hashtag. Yeah. It's all connected. Like, watch WandaVision. Like, I've got mates. Who is this only? Only watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Not seen WandaVision. Like, do you know what? From what I know of Scarlet Witch, I just don't buy her motivations. What that she's going to feel this way, and and it's like, well, there's a whole season. Like, you, know, you could watch WandaVision. <laughs> and you get to you see her like lose everything she's trying to recover in Doctor Strange. So it is like, hey, you're not going to get her previously on Marvel Studios or in Marvel Studios. Oh, they still might do a little bit like, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a scene where they're talking about how Monica Rambo got her powers in WandaVision. Like, an episode of WandaVision, like, a very good episode. Well, that's it. Bad. <laughs> if you didn't watch that show and not everybody did, you, you're not gonna, I mean, you're not gonna know that. And again, you'll have to rely on someone backhandedly having that conversation about it, but they might not be bothering with that anymore. And I'd just be like, oh, you know, watch it. Too bad, too sad. And the assumption is going to be, if you've not seen it, you've got a Disney Plus subscription, you've got time to watch, catch up. And, you know, they do post things. Not everyone. They've got those mini 
They've got the mini docu series that they put out, like assembled, whatever they are, or even the uh, the character profile things they do to bring you up to speed. One thing I will say about the Marvels, which is a criticism, can you remember in Miss Marvel, and she finally wore her costume for the first time? She got yeah. it given, and the costume looks fantastic. Like across the Marvel TV shows, it's like whoever is doing the movie costumes is doing the TV costumes. That's how good they look. And that's what we get when this trailer starts. When this trailer ends, what are those shocking costumes, the upgrades they've got the characters wearing? I didn't notice the first <laughs> viewing. The second viewing, oh, my goodness. They've really they've added white to Miss Marvel. And what they've done to uh, Captain Marvel, have you seen how big the star is on her chest? Like they've really made the star bigger. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, what you had was working so well. And obviously, like, like, what's your is it sword? That's it, you know. Nick Fury is in space with sword. I'm guessing, like, they obviously give them more upgrades to their outfits and stuff. I mean, especially, I mean, Monica Rambeau doesn't even have a like a superhero outfit. It's just her space clothes. I well, guess she did so have one in Wonder Vision. You know, it was a white no, top no, no. and she had a star on there. Ah, but again, that's like it was, it was a uniform. It wasn't. Well, give her superhero. an upgrade by all means. But I feel yeah, like well, I mean, they guess... nailed Miss Marvel already. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it makes sense. It's like, like within the story, it's like she's in space. She's doing crazy stuff. Like, yeah, she's gonna. Need it's not a space suit. Person. They've given her a uh, new fabric outfit. Oh, but then again, do you know what? It's going to be that MCU nanotech, isn't it? Where she's going to be a civilian. She's going to tap her arm or something, and then the costume is just going to materialize. I hate that with a passion my, my biggest issue is when they had thor do it in love and thunder it's like come on he can put a helmet on and take a helmet off he doesn't need it anyway mm. nano masks yeah. is it, are it <laughs> nano masks or what do they call it it's well, nano I mean, like you know like iron man and and you know and, and as a result spider-man had the you know, like that nanotech stuff, but it's like, I think Thor's using like, it's just space magic. Space like, magic. I can change my outfit like yeah. instantly. Nanotech sounds better than what I was saying. Nano mask. Yeah, that's not what it is. Nano mask. <laughs> Amazon announces plans to develop new movies and TV shows in the Robocop, Legally Blonde, Stargate, and Barbershop franchises. So Amazon, they purchased MGM. These are all MGM franchises. So I guess they've they've sat on them for long enough and they're like, right, okay, we've paid all this money. How can we earn some of that money back? Robocop, Legally Blonde, what do we have? I don't even think it's a case of Amazon need to be like, hey, how do we make that money back? It's a case of, hey, we've got this stuff. Let's just make it. <laughs> like, I mean, that's true. Me. Yeah, they've, they've got deep pockets over, <laughs> over Amazon, to be honest, yeah. But still, though, it is like, what do we have? Let's develop yeah. it all. <laughs> I remember when, when, you know, we were talking about they had purchased MGM and it was sort of like, hey, hang on a sec. What properties are there? And we were going through some of them. And I was like, hey, there's some cool stuff here. Um, and then a lot of it wasn't straight standard, like, oh, wait, is that MGM? Is that still? Is that licensed to MGM? Whatever, like... But there was a few big hitters, and I guess here's just a handful of, I guess, like the starting franchise, which I think you can. I mean, the, the Robocop reboot was was bloody awful. Mate, um, I went to the cinema to watch that, and I've not yeah, seen that, it a second time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sad. I mean, Legally Blonde was 
was great at, like, with what it was. I feel like it doesn't need to be touched, but yeah, sure, why not milk it? But as a comedy, um, though, I mean, it's it's pretty big. Like, it was a big hit at the time. And, you know, my girls now are five and ten, and we've sat down and watched those first two movies together, and they really mm-hmm. liked them. And, yeah, I can see why they would they would make make more like, of them. They've got that. They've got that, like, the stage musical thing, which I think was a big hit and stuff. Stargate, what I can see here is think like J.J. Abrams' Star Trek treatment. That for Stargate. You make it a little less nerdy, crazy action-orientated. I don't know. It yeah. could be a, a big Oh, I, I know, but after... Yeah, I, th- I reckon you're right. But after J.J.'s less nerdy Star Trek, look at all the nerdy Star Trek we're getting right now <laughs> on Paramount+. Mm, Plus. Yeah. But if you look, though, I reckon Amazon was looking over at HBO and they're like, oh, wouldn't it be good if we had our own Game of Thrones? And then we got the Lord of the Rings... TV series, and now Amazon could be thinking, wow, look at Disney and all their Star Wars. Look at Paramount and all their Star Trek. What do we have? We've got yeah, Stargate. Stargate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Stargate, you know, first movie with Kurt Russell, TV show, yeah. SG-1, Richard Dean Anderson. Wasn't that like 10 seasons or something crazy? Yeah, it went for a very long time, and then you had Atlantis, Atlantis. Jason Momoa, you had Universe with Robert Carlyle, and then... They've tried to bring it back a few times, but on a much smaller budget. I think it's like an online series. What are they and doing? They were kind of like, just gone away. They were like TV movies or something, wasn't it? Like, like Star Trek, like Quantum something, or just making shit up at this point. No, no, you're right. But they were <laughs> like they were like um like TV. Well, they're like SG one movies. They like, tied into what had come yeah, before. Yeah. There was um, Continuum, and then. The art That's what I was thinking. Continuum. Yes, yeah, Continuum might have actually been its own separate sci-fi, nothing to do with Star Trek, but there's definitely... No, I think actually you're right. I think it was no, Continuum yeah, no, was, and the Arc Continuum. of Truth. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. turns out, out of all that, I think Stargate is what I'm most excited about. Crazy. Hey, look, a really badass cool new Robocop is, is great. And Barbershop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, there, there are bigger, there are big movie stories all done. So we've got a few like smaller things that we will churn through. We'll do our best anyway. We always get caught up. But um, first up, Deadpool three, just a few little returning faces. I say little, but big stuff. Um, Marina Baccarin and Stefan Kapikik as Vanessa and Colossus. I'll say this right now, just just briefly. As much as she was amazing in those first two, if they went forward without her, I could see the Deadpool 3 movie working without her. Glad she's back. Not necessarily, I think, needed her, but cool. All, all plus for that. And Colossus was such a big, great element of those first two movies. So I'm all, all for it. I know, but there's no news. Teenage negasonic was it teenage negasonic warhead there's no mention of yeah, her so we don't her, know and her friend or her girlfriend or whatever it was the suki like, the japanese suki okay. <laughs> sure. yeah, i can't remember it's been a while since i've seen deadpool 2 deadpool Hi, <laughs> <laughs> you're right marina baccaran she was a highlight she was so good in that first film they wasted her in the second film and she was quite vocal online about the facts like Hey, I don't even know if I'm going to be in the third one. Like, no one's really like in contact with me. I don't know what's going on. And then it was announced that like, she's coming back. So hopefully they're going to make it worthwhile for her and have a character actually do something. But Colossus, always good to get more Colossus. Blade has added Mia Goth in a mystery role. Now, 
I was surprised to get some more casting news on this because they seem to be go, going through so many script rewrites. But we're getting another cast member added. Now, they are still saying mystery role, but I did hear a rumour she could be playing Lilith, the daughter of Dracula. But regardless, sure. regardless, Mia Goth entering the MCU. Yes, I'm here for it. What she's been doing, whether it's X, Pearl, um, Infinity Pool, which is a very different movie, <laughs> you know, what Blade's going to be. Yeah, she's a she's just a name that is being thrown around a lot at the moment, and um, I'm all for it. Um, Top Gun Maverick star Glenn Powell joins Daisy Edgar-Joan for Universal's upcoming Twisters film, which is still a movie almost like, wow, they're legitimately doing this. And the more they talk about it, I'm like, they really are doing this. And we've got another addition as well. Anthony Ramos has also joined the cast that is hot off the presses. That is just after I prepped the show, his casting got announced. But have you heard what was happening before we got this cast and this movie that we're getting now? Helen Hunt wanted to direct like she wanted to be so involved and had an idea and she really wanted to make it and she was essentially told no. So we're getting this instead. Which, so who is directing this one? Is do we do we know that? Like it's I think not, the um, direct- it's not Jan DeBont again, is it? No, it's not. No, I don't no. And unfortunately I don't have have that in front of me, but this sounds like it's just going to be a whole other thing where I think originally when it was first been talked about, Daisy Edgar-Jones was potentially going to be playing the daughter of the characters from that first movie. But sure. now it sounds like it's a reboot, but really going to be its own thing, riding the success the name, of that first movie. The name Lee Isaac Chung as director is a... Popping up okay. on IMDb, but right. that's okay. I, well, I guess. Sure. Anyway, I know you love Twister. We had to talk Twisters. I'm still hoping it's Twister 2 and the two spins around spell Twisters, but we'll have to wait and see. But it spins around rapidly like a twist. <laughs> well, it has to, which will be amazing. Yeah, that's how they that's how they do it. Um, <laughs> Insidious <laughs> The Red Door is the official title of the horror franchise's fifth film. And I believe will be Patrick Wilson's directorial debut. So this is an actual sequel to those first two films because three and four were prequels. So I'm very excited about this. And they've just released a teaser poster as well. So good stuff. Great movie for him to have his debut directing. You know, it's a franchise he's been with, he's familiar with. You know, a lot of times when projects come back, it's familiar crew all that kind of stuff so he'll have that spot now he's probably picked up great fantastic um where's this franchise been i feel like it's been a minute since that fourth one but it's been pretty consistent in terms of quality so i'm all for a fifth one all right but that would wrap it up for our our movie news we'll get on to the tv news the hbo max discovery plus streaming service is now officially titled Max, or it will be very soon. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery executives briefly looked at alternatives to HBO, the to the HBO Max name, uh, the change that could have included Warner, Warner Brothers or WB, HBO, 
um, before ultimately sticking with just Max. It's an odd now. choice, isn't it? Because you've got HBO and you've got Max. One of those words or one of those, well, what I'm trying to say is HBO means something. Max is short for Maxwell or Maxine. <laughs> like, <laughs> or, you know, Maximum, you know, like. Or Maximilian. Max. You know, many, yeah. there's, there's lots of different, yes. It's just bonkers. Okay, the marketing team here. Look, when, when, and now this doesn't really affect us that much in Australia. Let's let's be honest about it. But you know, we're still following the the trends and the the, the news out there and all that. When HBO Max first launched, it was already kind of confusing because when they've got their they've got their cable stations or whatever it is, you know, you HBO. But then you also had it was like different versions of the channel. The tiers was like HBO Now. HBO something, whatever, and then suddenly this streaming service, HBO Max, and it was sort of like, what is it? Like, what's the difference between them and all that? So it's a bit of confusing already. So that was a bit of a blunder. Now they get to this point where it's like, hey, we're going to rebrand, we're going to rename it, and they're dropping the one thing that is the prestige, the gold stand. Like when you think HBO quality, programming, television, whatever, it's your Game of Thrones. It's it's those you know Sopranos. It's it's all of those big like they're the best. They do it. That comes with so much power. We're just gonna call it Max. And then the stupid tagline: "It's the place to go for HBO or to watch <laughs> HBO, whatever it is." It's like oh, just I, I don't understand. I feel like it's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a weird choice. It's just a I mean, weird choice. They've already got a hashtag that they're using: stream on Max. That's the hashtag that they are using. I mean, it's Warner Brothers, like you know, the merging of Warner Brothers Discovery. Warner Brothers is the name. You know, this year Warner Brothers are celebrating their one hundred anniversary. It's a big deal for them. So what do they do? Max. That's the name of the streaming service they're dropping. I mean, why not like WB, WB Max? They could have done something like, you know, there's a lot of value, as you say, that comes with HBO, but also Warner Brothers. And they're just not yeah, going mean, to use it. If there was a if if they made the, you know, the brave, heartbreaking decision to be out look. We're going to drop HBO because we're more than HBO, even though it comes with some, you're right, like Warner Brothers in itself brings so much prestige and, you know, a back catalogue and history 100 years worth, like there it is. I can see the reason of being like, hey, we're going to drop HBO in favour of including Warner Brothers or Warner into the into the title. I can see that. And I'd be like, oh, still, still a rough move, but I get it and it makes sense nothing it's like come on just easy we're just I don't know. it's it's nuts I'm, I'm trying to think of like an equivalent but it's like uh, this is probably the worst example but it's like being like plus the place to watch disney <laughs> like <laughs> you know, it, not not yeah. really the same but you know what i mean no but I, I yeah I, I get what you're saying but then because they made this big announcement then we got quite a few we got a few teasers and they were showing as much as they could show and we're going to talk about some of the things in a moment but then whatever you're watching a teaser for at the end it just says max 
that lowercase. Like that's what that's what they're going with. Uh, it's like okay. you know what? Peacock now doesn't is no longer the sh- the stupidest streaming name. Oh, you're not a fan. But what? but that was the logo though. The NBC logo no, was always that's it. what it was known as. It was the Peacock. I get it. I get it. And it's fine. And that's why, because of that reason, I can see the logic behind it. But that it's makes sense. <laughs> it's a step above Max. It's still yes. stupid, but it's a step above Max because there's something behind it. But um, anyway, there's an abundance of Max news. So Warner Brothers <laughs> is officially returning to Hogwarts for a new streaming service that will adapt the Harry Potter books anew. So we're going to get it all again with a, a fresh-faced cast. And where will it be available? Max. <laughs> or I guess the here in Australia, HBO it'll, Max. it'll yeah. land on binge rules, no doubt. But yeah, so this is... Which is our know, place to watch HBO. Uh, that, is, that, is, uh, that is true. But we've known that this was going to be coming, and now it's official. And J.K. Rowling is attached in, I want to say, a producer capacity, uh, but she is involved with this TV show. I mean, there's no there's no denying that, you know, chatter online, there's, I don't know how much truth to the, the division, but, you know, there's people in two minds about it. I don't even know where I'm, where I'm sitting with it. Look, there's a big fan base that follows, you know, the books and they would love to see a new interpretation, maybe a more faithful adaption, something that covers, you know, a lot of the missing material or characters, fantastic. Or they're just excited about, hey, a new just a new version of it, a new adaption. Sounds good. Um, but, you know, there's also those loyal fans or, or people that are, you know, very much attached to, you know, the film series, which, you know, for the most part, we pretty much, like, there's no denying that it was done really well. The the actors, their interpretations of those characters, that's the things that's pe- that people love. They did the Fantastic Beast films, and I think a lot of the, you know, hesitation with those films was like, we kind of want to hang out with Harry and his friends, but yeah. was it Harry and his friends or was it Daniel Radcliffe's Harry? I mean, that's the yeah. thing. Is it? My, and... my kids, like, it's the school holidays here in Australia. My kids are going back and watching the, you know, the Harry Potter films. We've got as far as the third yeah. one and the glued, like they're right into it. And, you know, I'm not sat watching it with them. I'm kind of coming in and out of the room, but just seeing that cast on screen, it's not, I mean, yes, it adapted the books, but they really got something special with that cast. So that's going to be a big hurdle for them. There's so much iconic stuff about like, you know, like are they, are they doing a new Hogwarts setting? Are they going to use the same castle and setting to have that familiarity? Are they going to use the same, you know, are they going to use the John Williams score and and things like that? Like are there things they're going to pick and choose to, that you'd be like, no, that is, that's what we know of. As the, it, It's going to get murky, and I feel like there is going to be a little bit of, like, man, not my Harry kind of stuff going forward. And, and not, like, in a silly sense of, you know, people just having a cry for the sake of I mean, like, genuine, like, no, look, I I have my Harry. I'm just, just not interested kind of thing. I just I think know where I'm having access to it at home, though, that could change, yeah. you know, because maybe people wouldn't be up for going to the movies to watching and you have it, but maybe just I mean, and, checking and, and it out at what, home. That's what would be different. It'll be a longer form of, you know, like 
each book so there will be a lot more to get into there's exciting stuff here the idea of like oh we're doing this to you know introduce it to a new generation you just gave me an example of why that's a load of crock because that's not those needed. movies are yeah. still accessible they're still there it's it's great but what i think is maybe a little bit cocky ambitious they're saying you know the, the fine people at max you know the place to to watch hbo um like this is going to be a decade-long thing that we're doing okay maybe word it as more like hey look the plan is if we're lucky enough and people embrace it and love it you know, we cover all seven books. We last a decade on your screens. Fantastic. Just do one season and see if it's good and people respond to it. Like, otherwise it's going to end up like, you know, or was it Universal's Monsters thing that they were like, hey, these are all our characters and our films that we're going to do. And then one movie in, they're like, oh, never mind. I know, but they've got the <laughs> like, books though. And they're saying they're going to do a more faithful adaption. So the roadmap is already there. Like they just need to follow that. So, so again, yeah. the intention is we want to cover all of them and, you know, get seven years down the line. Maybe it ends up being a decade, whatever. But, hey, if you're fans, you love it. like, And then get excitement built there and not just go, yep, it's going to be a decade-long thing. We're doing it. It's going to be great. It's just like, oh, get over yourselves. Come on. But we'll see how we go. Um, from Matt Reeves. And starring Colin Farrell, The Penguin is now in production. To be honest, I thought they were probably making this whilst they were making the movie. (laughs) Or at least a short time after. But it's exciting to know that it is happening. But it is now in production. And again, it's like I was saying before. So, okay, so Max is getting an announcement. They need content. So you don't often get this. Like The teaser for The Penguin was actually... A in production teaser. Like that's essentially yeah, what it was. He was letting people know that this is not something we have available, but it is in production. And we're going to show you maybe a minute, a minute and a half of Colin Farrell as the penguin. And as brief as it was, because he was a highlight of the Batman, which was a great film anyway, but Colin Farrell was definitely a highlight. Before that movie, the idea of a penguin TV series, get out of here. But based on what he did in that film and what we see in this teaser, I think this looks really good. The awkward way that that he moves, he's got the little waddle, he's shooting people, he's been threatening. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks it looks good. Available on Max, and as you say, the home of HBO, <laughs> <laughs> the place to watch. Oh, that's right, the place to watch. <laughs> God, get it right. <laughs> The Ahsoka series has a trailer and it brings the Star Wars Rebels characters into live action. Wow. Wow. I've been enjoying Ahsoka as she's appeared in, you know, Mandalorian, Rosario Dawson. She's great. But then we're getting other characters from animation. And it's been happening in Mandalorian already. But in this teaser, we get our first look at Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Hera. Lars Mikkelsen will return to play the live-action version of Thrawn in Ahsoka. In the trailer, we just get to see him from behind. But they're not always doing it. But this is an example of them going to the voice actor and sticking that actor 
in live action. And they've even gone to Kevin Kinner, who is the composer of Star Wars Rebels, to do the music for this show. I mean, this feels like a live action love letter to Star Wars Rebels. See, like, on paper, I'm like, that sounds wonderful for the fans of the animated shows. Clone they Wars are good shows, though. To be fair, you haven't and watched look, them. <laughs> I know, but look, I've I've tried multiple times to to watch Clone Wars, and I just couldn't do it. Maybe I need to give Rebels a crack. But I mean, look, watching watching this trailer as someone, and I let's put it out there, I'm not going to be alone here. There's going to be multiple Star Wars fans or casual fans or whatever, and they'll be watching this show, and they'll be like, oh, look, I know Ahsoka from you know Mandalorian and stuff. I'm interested to see what they're doing with her character and the, the show that she's going to be in. Watching this trailer, and it's like, okay, it just looks like a bunch of Jedi-type characters, lightsabers. That looks fun, and, and that's what I'm watching, and I'm like, yeah, it looks fun. Who are these characters? There's no context to to who they are. I'm not saying that any you know any given trailer would be doing that with their characters. You just be like, oh, cool. But I think what this trailer is trying to do is get that pop of there's that character and this person's playing that, and it's like, oh, this is the live action version, and that's the excitement that they're drawing on. But when you've got a viewer like myself, again, not alone, I'm watching it. I'm like, this doesn't do anything for me. All I'm seeing is a bunch of characters with lightsabers, which again looks cool and i'm like sweet could be some like fun stuff but i don't know these characters i do and i'm excited i'm excited you know you don't have to watch all of the clone wars tv show or rebels i mean obviously you're going to know exactly what you're in for if you do but if you want to see the first appearance of ahsoka it happened in star wars the clone wars the theatrical movie and I went to the movies to watch that. I think it came out in 2005. So that was before the TV series. So when she first appeared, her debut was on the big screen. So you could just watch that, like just to get a bit of an idea outside of what, you know what you've I mean? seen of the character in Ahsoka. It's not so much like, it's sort of like the thing I was talking about, like with like the, you know, the Marvel shows versus the movies. It's, hey, when they jump into this, Ahsoka show and we have all these characters introduced for the first time in in live action are they going to spend time letting us get to know them in terms of like hey I'm I'm meeting these characters for the first time or are they going to be expecting the viewers to have that history with what happened in Rebels and what happened to these characters and bounce off that is that going to be required viewing and if that's the case will that alienate anyone who hasn't watch the shows is it the same is it the same people making the decisions like is this a disney decision or is it a marvel studios or lucasfilm decision like we've said like with the marvel content yes there is a built-in assumption that you've seen it all and we're not going to bring you up to speed whereas could be different with with how we're getting star wars from lucasfilm that maybe they're not having the same approach. I think you'd have to have, because the going from, it's a bit different, you know, having the Marvel movies, the Marvel TV shows interconnected. We're talking about going from like multiple seasons of an animated show to live action. I think to have the assumption all, that everybody has all, seen all of that. They're all treated as canon, aren't they? Like no, they are. Part of, yeah, no, I mean, they yeah. are. 
Yeah, they are, but it doesn't mean you're going to have that one character that walks into a scene and doesn't know what's going on and on behalf of the audience asks that silly question. Like, hey, what are you guys all doing here? Well, this one time we all met and went on this adventure. Who knows? But based on this teaser, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I am very excited for it. I think what I'm what I'm looking forward to is, hey, there's a bunch of characters and half of them look like they've got lightsabers. So that's exciting. There you go. Because you know what? As much as, you know, I like space dogfights and stuff and, you know, like blasters being blown, it, hey, give me a good lightsaber fight. That's, <laughs> that's point to... the best part of the Obi-Wan show. So this is... This it's is the point of difference though, isn't it? Mm. You know, whether it's Star Trek, Stargate, Battlestar Galactica, you know, <laughs> all these shows, they have blasters, phasers. Star Wars is the only one that has space swords, has the lightsabers, so it really sets it apart. I love seeing a good lightsaber duel as well. I love seeing a good space sword fight. Great. <laughs> well, I do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we also got our first look at the Continental from the world of John Wick, which uh, takes you back to New York in the 70s and a young Winston Scott on the rise. I haven't seen this, so this is all yours. You go for it. It's very much a teaser for a building that plays a substantial role in the world of John Wick. There you go. You're all up to speed. (laughs) We we know Mel Gibson is in this series. You don't see Mel Gibson, so you're not seeing the actors that are going to be in the show. Um, But, yeah, very much is a teaser. But it's interesting that... It's only been referred to as The Continental, and we knew that it was a prequel series to the John Wick films. But just before this teaser came out and we saw that first poster, they've added from the world of John Wick, which is now officially a part of that very long title, The Continental from the world of John Wick. They really wanted people to know that's what this is. But what's (laughs) interesting... This is one season that they've made. Only three episodes, but each episode has a runtime of 90 minutes. So it feels more like a TV event or more like a TV trilogy that is going to be, you know, setting up, adding to the mythology. I still haven't seen John Wick 4. I recently did a rewatch of the first three movies. Surprised. I know, honestly, often I'll watch something at the movies because we're going to review it. Occasionally, I'll watch something just for fun. And I did think (laughs) John Wick Chapter 4 could be that movie. To be honest, I watched Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves instead. That's the one I chose to watch instead. But I will still get to John Wick. (laughs) Isn't Dungeons and Dragons like isn't that like ninety minutes and like John Wick's like four hours or something ridiculous? Isn't that the no, no, um, no not four hours, like three hours? Dungeons and Dragons is more around two hours ten. Oh wow, pretty. Tell you what, it is so much fun. Like I had such a good time. Such a good time. Much that movie. Anyway, we're we're not here for that. But um, yes. So this uh, this show, yeah, I'll be watching. We don't know yet where it's going to be available for us. In the US, Peacock. That's where it's going to be showing for them. We're just a hopefully binge. Hopefully we get it somewhere. Hopefully it's not Stan. That's like the only streaming service I don't have at the moment. 
But this definitely isn't going to max the place to watch HBO. It's it's not. No, this is Peacock. <laughs> <laughs> definitely Peacock. All right, that's it for our big our big TV stories. So we'll do what we do best and try and churn through some of the, I guess, lesser priority stories. I don't know. What do we describe them? Small stories. Just start talking. Warner Brothers Animation, coming soon to Max. There we go. <laughs> I've got a list here. Tiny Toons Luniversity will release this September. Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai comes out on May 23rd. Rick and Morty, the anime, will debut this year. Yeah, look. look looks cool. Look, I saw the, checked out the, like, the animation style for um, Secrets of the Mogwai. Looks interesting. It kind of, it's sort of... Not to the extent of, you know, when we were first talking about like the animated Spider-Man movie, and we're like, oh yeah, like, what well, yeah, could that be? And then that the animation was like, wow. That first look at that I was like, this is something different. Wasn't what I was expecting with the with the Gremlins it's very, show, but for me, it's very it's I don't know, it's a bit a bit blocky or clunky. It's it looks it, a bit it's young. Interesting though. It I mean, yeah. listen, gonna watch it. Absolutely gonna watch it because We've only had them two films from the 80s. That is it. Gremlins, Gremlins 2, The New Batch. That is all it's we've had. You think in a world of, in a world of like, <laughs> you know, franchises and milking media stuff. Anyway, um, Rick and Morty, the anime. I mean, who the hell is this for? It's a I don't know. It's a, it's a I, different I, team bringing this together. It's anime. It seems like it's. Aimed at the same audience, I guess. I've not watched the, be, the most recent world. Ah. I don't know. I've not watched the most recent season of Rick and Morty, of, you know, the actual show. So I'm not too interested in the anime. But it was part of the whole Max. Hey, this is what we've got coming soon. So I thought it worth mm-hmm. noting. All right. Um, the voice cast behind Creature Commandos, which is the first animated series in the new DC universe, um, includes Frank Grillo as Rick Flagg Sr., David Harbour as Eric Frankenstein, Alan Tudyk as Dr. Phosphorus, and Sean Gunn as both Weasel and G.I. Robot. So some fun names there that we're familiar with. From yeah. Some Do you know other properties. <laughs> what you need to keep in mind... I mean, yeah, Frank Grillo was crossbones mm-hmm. in Marvel. Um, I don't think he's going to be making any more appearances in the MCU. But what you need to keep in mind with this casting announcement, remember what James Gunn said with the announcement of Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. Whoever is portraying a character, whether it is live action or animation, it's across yep. all platforms. So when we're talking about an animated series at the moment, but if Rick Flagg Sr. is to appear in a live-action movie or TV show. That's going to be Frank Grillo. So that is pretty pretty cool. And, of course, Rick Flagg Sr., he is the dad of Rick Flagg, who was played by Joel Kinnaman. If you've seen The Suicide Squad, I think you would have done by now. That character doesn't survive, but now we've got his dad, which I think is pretty cool. And going back to the comics, like he was a one-time leader of the Suicide Squad. Weasel, though, of all the characters to survive the DCEU, Sean Gunn as Weasel, 
Who saw that coming? I mean, I guess he's the brother of James Gunn. But um, wow. Again, it's sort of, it's not a good look when it's like, ah, well, the characters <laughs> I am bringing back are the ones related, you know, related to me or married to me. And he's <laughs> like, not only bringing a character oh, back from the DCEU, he's playing two characters. But anyway. <laughs> so, well, I guess, I mean, I, I'm I mean, not with you, but I'm assuming Jerry yeah. Robert is like a robot of some sort and Weasel is a cgi characters i mean what else (laughs) still though he's got two characters but just like he did in um guardians he had two characters there it was the motion capture for rocket and he was also is his character was it is it kaglin or graglin yeah kaglin i think that's his name yeah anyway dc's my adventures with superman the series has finally received its first trailer i'm not kidding less than a minute from memory, is, I think is, it may be, so I watched the right thing. It's like 26 it's so seconds. Short. Is it? Is how it is? <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be okay. Let's stop everything. We really need to dissect this. <laughs> this teaser. I mean, it shows you the animation style and yes, it shows yes. you Superman for the first time because what we'd had previously was a shot of Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen. That's been it. Whereas we not just get to see Superman, we see the slight change they've done to the S-Shield. Like they give it a bit of a upgrade, and this show, it's going to have its own personal style, its interpretation of the S, which is pretty cool. But it's Jack Quaid as Superman. I mean, yeah, okay, cool. And we talked last time how this was going to be, where was it going to be? I think it was going to be, at the time, HBO Max, then it disappeared, and now it's going to be on Adult Swim. So the group going to say aiming... now it's going to be on Max. <laughs> <laughs> They're aiming a little bit older, but wow, twenty six seconds. Yeah, that is a short teaser. I think we've it's talked a... about it longer than twenty six seconds, to be honest. No, that's it, and, and that I'm just going to move on because you covered it. Um, this is pretty big, actually. Chuck Law is developing a new comedy series derived from the Big Bang Theory. So, you know. The interpretation there is we're getting another spin-off. We had Young Sheldon, which is still running, right? It's not. I believe it finished. is. Yeah, I think it is. It is still young. It's. I've actually been watching that on Netflix. Here, I'm on the fifth season now, and I think. Oh, wow, six, you really have. <laughs> I think. I think season six is when, like you know, like when everyone's napping and it's like I've just got the baby. It's like I've got to be watching sitcoms are just the easiest thing to have on in the background because I don't have to pay too much attention. It's and the pretty volume enjoyable. and the volume's often consistent. So I've I've been there where yes. you are when yes. you've got a baby and then you can't you can't be just holding your finger or your thumb over the volume control the whole time. So having something where you know it's going to be consistently at a similar volume oh, like, sitcoms are good for that. Just sitcoms are like Recently, I did Scrubs. I did Malcolm in the Middle. Um, now I'm on to, yeah, Young Sheldon. It's like, it's working well. Oh, I think before that, obviously, I completed Big Bang Theory and stuff. Like, it, you know, it's it's easy, man. Like, sitcoms. So it sounds anyway, like you've so, been doing so much parenting. Uh, it's the about the TV that you've been watching. Yeah, but not watching any movies. Um, I'm, I mean, we could just sit here and speculate what we think it could be, what character. I mean, Sheldon is such a character that it's like, okay, I can see that they branched off. They've done some interesting stuff with the family and all that, but there's something to obviously that character and the origins there. Does anyone else in the Big Bang Theory have? But do you know that what level of? I don't know if I mean 
All we know is what you've just said. Could it be a sequel? Could it be a That's sequel what I'm series? thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think it necessarily needs to be a young Leonard or a young Penny. Like it could just be a spin-off. Like remember when we got a two-season spin-off of Friends? Joey, remember that? That ran for two. I would- I that was only one season. That was one no. Season. I'm sure that went for two. No, it was 100 percent one season. Are you sure? It was one done. Dead. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I watched the whole thing. Maybe it just felt like two seasons. I, I thought it was two. But anyway, we could do like like a sequel series. Like who knows? No, I I didn't even think because I kept thinking, oh, more origins and and stuff. But it's like, yeah, uh, Penny and Leonard and their baby that that never was, you know. Found out she's pregnant. Spoilers for Big Bang. Um, Howard and Bernadette and their kid. Who knows? Stop the podcast. Joey ran for two seasons. Did it? What it a lot absolutely of did. No. It ran from 2004 to 2006, consisting of 46 episodes. I thought I would lose my bloody mind then when you were telling me. I believed no you as well. Way. Well, I didn't believe. Well, I've said I believed you. I, I, <laughs> I looked it up. So I don't know how much I believed you. But anyway. Joey, two seasons. So Big Bang Theory. I thought it got canned after a season because it was shit. <laughs> it was shit. Okay, that's enough speculating on what the um, <laughs> what the new series could be. Um, Netflix has ordered an animated Stranger Things series in the vein of the Saturday morning cartoons that we grew up loving. Announced the Duffer Brothers. So there you go. It's it's another one of those things. It's like, hey, look, okay, Stranger Things is a is the big thing. Let's get as much of it out as we can. Very exciting. Saturday morning cartoons sounds good. Look, depending on what this is actually going to be about, and I've I've read some things that it's like it might be more of like, you know, things that are happening around Hawkins, maybe a little bit in the past. I don't know how much do fans want to see of the Stranger Things world when it's not about you know eleven and you know, the gang, the kids and stuff, like, how much? I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, there is, like, Stranger Things comics and books. So, like, they have yeah, expanded sure. the world, but I don't know if that's, like, new characters. But how popular? Or... How popular are they all? And that's the thing. But then, I mean, this is animated, but it's still going to be a TV series available. On Strain... Well, I was going to say, a TV series that is Stranger Things, but it's on Netflix. It's easily accessible. Netflix, the place to watch Stranger Things. <laughs> I can see just finding an audience. But when they say, like, in the vein of Saturday morning cartoons, I kind of almost hope for an animation style similar to, remember the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from the 80s with the kids <laughs> sure. back in time? But, you know, that yeah, kind of... That do you reckon the animation style will look like, like you know, 2D? Like, the 80s, yeah, like, like rough. Like rough kind of that would be 80s cool. cartoons. That would be oh, cool. I, like I mean, like the effort morning... is actually put in to make it look to make it look old. Shitty. Yeah, like if they purposely yeah. because I do think that Duffer Brothers, if they want to do something at Netflix, I think Netflix are kind of going to trust that they know what they're doing and just give them that creative range. That would be cool. I would like it if they, when they're saying in the vein of like if it did like you know, have that dirty basic look to it. That'd be cool. Hey, we did it. That was our that was all the news. All right. So we've got some recommends. Get them out there. 
This has worked out quite well, actually. Um, I'm going to recommend a TV series on Netflix. There you go. Oh, a place to watch Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I think, what did we get more recently, Sandman or Stranger Things? One of the two, but it's been such a long time that I was interested about watching a new Netflix show or looking forward to a new Netflix show. But I had that with this, Florida Man. It stars Edgar Ramirez as an ex-cop who is sent back to his home state of Florida to solve a case. Now, this is an early recommend. I'm two episodes in. But as soon as it was available, started watching it and... It's a lot of fun, and it very much is It's like a pulp story. It's that kind of story where characters are coming in and out of each other's lives. There's clues. There's always something happening in the background. One thing will happen, but it sets off a chain of events, and it is a lot of fun, and I'm really, really enjoying it. And Netflix have done a fun thing where they put out the standard character posters, but then They've also put out a series of pulp posters for each individual episode. So I'm watching it and thinking, wow, you know, this is a lot of fun. Clark Gregg from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in here. I think he directs a couple of episodes towards the end of the season. But it's like, wow, this is a really fun show. Out of curiosity, though, I looked it up online. Like, I know how I'm feeling about the show. What are other people saying about the show? On Rotten Tomatoes, zero percent. I shit you. What the hell? Zero percent. I'm like, come on. I need to break this down. Yeah. How how many critics? How many critics have contributed to this zero percent? Six. And it's like, wow. And all six of them have said this is not worth 60%. But is it? That's what they're saying. It is below. Honestly, even though I've just done two episodes, this can't be a reflection of like, because it is a well made show. It's an, you know, well written. Great cast, you know, it looks great. So it's just odd that it's sitting at eight, uh, sorry, eight. it's I mean, even lower, sitting at zero percent. But you know what? Do you know what the audience score is? So zero for critics, for the audience, it's currently sitting at 85%. It tells me that maybe there's too much TV. None of critics have been <laughs> able to find time to watch Florida Man. And it's affected the algorithm because zero is ridiculous. I mean, look, when you look at and you dissect how percentages works, you say six critics, right, have given a rating. And and they've all been below the 60% mark, therefore 0% rating. You get three more critics. Those three critics give positive rating. Suddenly, boom, it's on 30%. So many people now, though, with its film and TV, they check out places like Rotten Tomatoes. I'll say, okay, what are people saying? Like, what are the percentages? And I did it out of curiosity because I was going to be recommended on the show. Some people could go there, see 0%, and legitimately change their mind about the show altogether. Well, I'm not even going to watch it then. Half the problem is it's it's still a fact. Like, a lot of people don't know what Rotten Tomatoes is or how it works. So people think it's a person. <laughs> Yeah, or they think it's a website, and it's like Rotten Tomatoes have shitty opinions. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean for us to get that. down that rabbit hole. I I'm, I'm just, um, I'm just here to recommend Florida Man. Check it out. It's, it's on and, Netflix. And do you know what? You just did the craziest 
and you had no idea, but you just set up the craziest segue for my recommendation of Rabbit Hole. Ah, we we never know what each of us going to recommend. No, that was a genuine <laughs> crazy. Anyway, much like you, TV show on a streaming service. However, this one Paramount Plus. Um, also very early recommend. Also two episodes in, so something's going on <laughs> with our brains. Something's in sync. But this is that new show. Kiefer Sutherland's in it. Um, I'm literally only going to tell you as much as what. I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end of the first episode, but pretty much I'll give you the basic synopsis and that's pretty much it because I'm loving the fact that I'm watching this show and I'm like, I have no idea what the hell's going on. And by the end of the show, the end of the first episode, I'm like, what? Like it sets up this whole thing and you're like, okay, this is what this character is doing and the motives there. And then suddenly, oh, and it's just, what? and then it's sort of, you get into the second episode and you're just like, no, nothing is clearer, but this is fantastic. This is fun. So uh, the synopsis here, nothing is what it seems when John Weir, a master of deception in the world of corporate espionage, is framed for murder by powerful forces with the ability to influence and control populations. So you're watching this show and you're like, cool, we're following this guy. He's been framed for murder. How's he going to get away? Well, not away with it. How's he going to you know, get out of this? How's he going to fix stuff? And then something happens at the end of this, uh, the first episode and you're just like, oh, okay. That changes everything I've just watched and it just goes from there. And much like the title suggests, I feel like, I mean, when we get into the third episode, I'll see what happens, but it almost is like, yeah, I'm getting sucked in deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole of, of, of narrative. It just is bonkers. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've watched a show sort of like this where it's like, you know, uh, serialized, lots of, you know, like espionage type of, you know, it's always just fantasy superhero garbage I've been watching. So it's good to it's just look get good into though, yeah, it. Keep good. So far, so good. I'm liking it. So early review, hopefully, or early recommend. Hopefully, it all continues to go well. That's it for another episode of Stew, the place to get your film news. <laughs> If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewinding Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of the Super Mario Brothers movie and Evil Dead Rise, and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Tetris. Thanks for joining us for another round of movie and TV news. You've been listening to Jason. And you've been listening to Luke. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. (laughs) 